thanks for joining us again for another episode of Sex and Light. Today we have owner and operator of Atomic Age Comics, Gene Lee. How you doing, Gene? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Gene. Joe the producer's also here. Oh, Joe the producer's here also. How long have you been reading comic books? Oh, that's hard to say. I probably started when I was probably in my... Uh... Well, so like about the same age as most kids, I think. And uh, I did stop around uh, the 90s, you know, after the death of Superman, just because I was like, you know, I had enough. But I started up again around uh, 2000s when uh, they started with the Ultimate Spider-Man, just because it seemed like they were they wanted to start telling stories again, as opposed to just trying to just you know produce junk you know, yeah. for people to sell, for people to buy, right? And been doing it ever since, right? So I mean, yeah, do the math. Oh, right, you'd have to know how old I was, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's see, I'm 44, so you can do the math. That's it, yeah. eh? 22 it's been a while yeah 32 years it's been a while yeah um now in a lot of other mediums uh of popularity music and books film uh there are definitely overtly gay characters who would you say was the first gay character in a comic book probably north star would be my guess i mean it's one of those things which i mean i don't really pay attention to that mm-hmm. because to me it's a non-issue uh whereas you know some crazy you know Thumper of sorts might think, would would be able to give the answer right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to me, I think it was North Star. Uh, from my research, it seems to be the same. <laughs> now, the the whole gay comic book character uh, stuff has come up again in the last few years because there's North Star, and then there was uh, uh, Scott Allen, Green Lantern from Earth Two, right? Uh, Batwoman, mm-hmm. and Pied Piper, who's a villain ish in DC. I can't think of any more than that. But the question is, is is there a reasonable place for them in comic books? Is there, is it something that helps create the story, carry the story forward? Or do you think they're just doing it for publicity? It's probably a little bit, well, I don't think it really carries the story forward. I mean, as anything else, it's really just, uh, comics have always been a reflection of society. And in some instances, a reflection of, you know, what they think society should be. You know, um, like a lot of times, politics get into comics a lot just because you really can't say it any other way sometimes without getting in trouble mccarthyism during the mccarthy era was a perfect example of that where comics really you know would really take shots at it but it would, because it was just a comic mm-hmm. you know you can't it's not like no one really quote unquote took it seriously but it was really a way of expressing you know this is what's wrong in society right now this is something we have to address so it's really a way of addressing uh, this is what's wrong in society this is what we have to address so it's um you know, it's it's a medium that has always told us, uh, you know, tried to tell us, you know, what, you know, we can be better. So do you think that this, uh, we'll say, emergence of, of gay characters reflects society's acceptance of homosexuality? To a certain degree. Um, it also, uh, in, a, in a way, says, you know, like a lot of people really, there's been a bit of a backlash, I think, honestly, with, uh, with, uh, the way society accepts homosexuality. And so a lot of people in the industry are saying, well, you know, we got to do something about this. We got to let people know that this is normal. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's people, there are gay people out there. Get over it. I mean, if, if we're reading, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, that title is specifically about them finding, a a, a smooth track for the relationship. You know, how, how can they, be superheroes and still love each other. And so, I mean, to me, that's a title that's specifically about 
a relationship. But in the average comic book, do relationships really have a, a place at all? You know, if, if I'm reading Justice League, I want to know about the team, not about these two lovers having a quarrel. Well, I think it's more, it's less about a relationship, more about really just how people, uh, interpersonal interactions. You know, this is just how people have to deal with stuff, regardless of whether or not they're friends, lovers, uh, husband and wife, um, or, you know, even people who just don't really like each other, you know, or, you know, villains, supervillains, whatever, right? So that being said, does it help round out the characters uh, who are overtly sexual? Again, going back to some of the earlier controversies, when DC uh, relaunched their 52 titles two and a half years ago, there was a whole controversy about Starfire, who was a, a, a character who had dated uh, Dick Grayson when he was Nightwing. Yep. And they had a very strong, loving relationship. And then when they relaunched, she was oblivious to uh, uh, specific personalities. And she just was an oversexed alien. Yeah, I don't think they meant to have it come across that way. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way it was, uh, that was the way it was viewed and accepted. I think really they were hoping just to kind of add a different dimension to her character. Uh, you know, almost saying, you know, you know, this is how she views the world, almost like the way a, a dog, you know, senses the world through scent, right? And that was, they were trying to, you know, write her as a person who views the world through emotions and, and feelings as opposed to memories. And it obviously didn't go over well. And yeah, they haven't really gone back that way. To, to that. So, which is fair. You know, that's what, you know, that's what comments page and letter pages are for, right? Yeah. Um, do you, do you feel that over the years that comic books have become more sexual or, or has there always been, uh, an underlying sexuality to them? You know, when let's say, uh, Superman is saving a, a, a damsel in distress or something like that. Yeah. I, I think there's always been a certain, uh, uh, aspect of sexuality in comics. And again, it, it, it's a view, it's a reflection of the times, reflection of society. Uh, sometimes the pendulum swings a little bit too far one way, sometimes it swings a little bit too far that way, but it's always there, and uh, it will always be there. Being one of the, the things that's been going on is Harley Quinn, and how her character uh, has changed clothes. Really, that was the big thing. Um, who do you prefer? Classic Harley, that's fully covered? Or uh, Suicide Squad Harley, where she has, I think, two strips of clothing on? Well, you see, again, it's funny. I, I don't really, um, I don't really notice that, right? Because I'm reading it really for the writing, for the character. So, um, and yeah, I'm probably, you know, unique in that respect. There's probably some people who do notice that. But uh, at the end of the day, I have, the the Harley I prefer is the one that's more complex, uh, and that's probably the newer one. Personality-wise, yeah, yeah, personality-wise, right? So I, I prefer the newer Harleys because she's just her own person. She's not just you know uh, somebody who quite honestly the Joker essentially abuses. Yeah. Right. She's just, you know, she's her own woman. She's making her own decisions. She's learning from her mistakes. So in that respect, I, I prefer the new Harley. That's, yeah. They definitely added more depth to her, which is awesome. Um, but then there was that whole controversy about her suicide. And for those who don't know or, you know, aren't familiar, uh, DC held a contest where you're supposed to draw Harlequin in four different suicide scenarios. And all these people started freaking out about, you're trying to, to 
sexualized violence because, you know, you have Harley in a tub with some electrical equipment hanging above her that she's going to drop in the tub. And are people, are people making more out of these things than they need to? Yeah, I think so because it wasn't DC who came up with that drawing, right? It was someone who entered it into the contest. Uh, and, you know, that's comics tend to be a uh, medium for fanboys, right? You know, they, they, they're going to do that. They're going to draw, they're going to draw their fantasy woman and put them in certain situations. Yeah. And that's just probably what happened here, you know, in, in, in within the, uh, within the, uh, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, within, uh, the, uh, uh, within the parameters. Within sorry. the parameters okay. of, of, of what DC wanted. The onus, I think, more than on DC, is on the specific artist because you can show Harley in a tub with electrical equipment without making it sexual if you change the angle of the view. But why do people need to feel the need to, to jump all over something first? It's, it's, you know, that, that has less to do with comics and honestly has more to do with, I just think the age we live in. Yeah. Right. We live in the internet age and I mean, people get into these, you know, drag down fights online about stuff that has absolutely no effect on them. <laughs> and this is one of those, right? Yeah. I know a guy who likes to talk to the Americans about their gun laws for <laughs> kicks, uh, not pointing fingers because you yeah. can't see me point a finger on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's just my little contribution to a society, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so with all this, this overt sexuality, one has to wonder, are there comic books for kids anymore? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I have a kid's section. And, um, you know, it, it's, you know, there's a bunch of different comic books for kids. Um, I do know that they tried to do covers for My Little Pony and make them look hot. And that didn't go over well. Uh, a few months ago, I think it was. Sorry, a few months wow. ago, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, that didn't really go over well. But no, there's definitely comics for kids. You just have to know where to look at. If you go into a comic book store, ask them. If they're good comic, if they're a good comic book store, they'll have them available. And, uh, even a lot of the comics, uh, on the regular shelf, they're, they're listed all ages. Yeah. You just, uh, again, ask, the, ask the guy behind the counter, which ones, you know, can my kids read? Why, uh, why was there a backlash for the My Little Pony? <laughs> yeah, they, they basically, well, you know how they, no, oh, sorry, not My Little Pony. Uh, it, it was, um, Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Okay. Sorry, oh, sorry, Powerpuff okay. Girls. My, my mistake. Sorry. It was Powerpuff Girls. So yeah, they kind of drew them as, you know, hot looking, 14, 15, 16 year olds or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You know, which is wrong in itself there because, you know, it's, you know yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my mistake. It was, uh, Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I was going to say the Brony community probably really freaked out over that. <laughs> the, the, there's probably stuff already in the Brony community for that. So, yeah. Fanboy pages. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I also think too that, I mean, even if a comic book is intended for a certain group, the actual reader base probably skews a little younger than the target market. Like, there's always, like, if I'm 12, 13, I may be tempted to read something that's skewed at a 16 to an 18 year old demographic. And I think it's part of that because there's a bit of a, it's, it's a little bit wrong to read that. It's like, I'm not supposed to be reading this. And therefore, it actually makes me want to read it that much more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that, that's, and that's always been the case. Um, that's why in commercials, when you see kids playing with toys, uh, the, the kids playing with the toys actually tend to be a little bit older than what the, the toy is intended for mm-hmm. because they're hoping that uh, uh, the, the younger kids want to emulate the older kids, the older brother, the older sister. And that's always been the case. 
Always will be. Now, as a, a, an owner and operator of a, a comic book store in pretty much a, it's a, a res- residential area, do you feel any any responsibility uh, when it comes to selling children stuff that may be questionable for their age group? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've told kids more than once, you know, that's not for your age, right? And uh, um, other times, there are some comics which say, uh, you know, basically uh, – Parental advisory. Yeah. And I basically say to them, look, I can't sell this to you unless your parents say it's okay. Yeah. And I've done that more than once. I've turned, you know, told kids, you know, that's just the way it is. Sorry. Right? Yeah. I'd like, yeah. there was that, that image title, Happy. It was a short run. Very violent, very vulgar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm just wondering, like, you know, like how many 12 year olds came in and said, Hey, can I buy this? And you said, No. I, you know, I've lost count how many times I've, you know, told a kid, look, I'm sorry, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, for the most part, they tend to be understand, they tend to understand. I haven't had a kid, you know, give me the finger yet. So that's probably a good sign, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, where, where do you see comic books going as far as, as this kind of stuff? I mean, you, you look on the cover of, let's say, uh, Red Sonia and she's barely dressed in anything. I mean, are, is it, is there going to be a day when there's like, a nude superhero or like when, when, when do the comic book writers say enough is enough as far as uh, sexualizing of the characters? Well, Dr. Manhattan was nude as I recall this uh, is on, true. on the big screen and, and they spent, you know, millions of dollars getting that right apparently. But, uh, but um, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think generally speaking, superheroes are always going to be clothes. I mean, Red Sun is really not a superhero. She's more like just warrior. a warrior, warrior woman. Right. But, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, like, unless, unless it becomes, you know, acceptable within society to walk around naked, it's probably not going to happen. Since you, you brought up uh, The Watchmen, I mean, that was a, a groundbreaking series that really showed, uh, heroes as being flawed. And it, how much onus is on Alan Moore for making superheroes, uh, flawed or in, in some cases damaged? Well, I'm sure he'd like to think that, uh, he, you know, he's totally responsible. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, if you want to think about who's the first flawed superhero, it's probably Batman, honestly, right? Because, uh, I mean, that, that man's got damaged goods, let's face it. Right? Yeah. You know, so really, he's he's the first flawed superhero, in my opinion. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's probably a good view. I mean, Batman's been around since... 60s? No, it's like it's been earlier, right? Like okay. 40s, I believe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I know Superman's been around that long. He's been around, Superman's been around since the 30s. Yeah. Right. Uh, Batman might be late 30s, honestly. E- either way, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, do you see comic books ever ta- uh, uh, tackling other issues? Things like, you know, uh, uh, pro-life or pro-choice comic books or some kind of fight involving that like do you, it, will comic books get into other aspects of of uh, sexual politics yeah i i don't think so and I, again i don't think they're really joining the fight uh, when it comes to uh, i'm assuming you're, you're you're thinking about uh, homosexuality and stuff like that i don't think they're really joining the fight. all they're really saying is you know this is just the way life is you know and uh th- there's probably mentions there there probably has been mentions of you know, abortions and things like that in comics. Um, and again, that's the beauty about comics. They can talk about stuff like that 
and not really get everyone, you know, up in arms because it's, you know, a lot of people just say, well, you know, it's a comic, right? So throughout, you know, your, your comic book reading and, and whatever, has there ever been a title that's taken it too far? Oh, probably. Yeah, but, but pushing the envelope is the way it goes. I'm preacher pushes, pushes the envelope. Boys pushes the envelope. And yeah, I, I, they've probably taken it a little bit too far. But on the other hand, it's still a really good read, you yeah. know, if you're over 18, right? Uh, that's the whole point about, um, it's not a matter of pushing it too far. They, they haven't pushed it too far for the sake of pushing it too far, right? They've definitely pushed the envelope. Yeah. Which is, in my view, is different from pushing it too far. Well, the, the Scott Allen thing, I felt was done very tastefully, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, spoiler alert, his partner died, <laughs> but, uh, I think it, it, that relationship shows his humanity, mm-hmm. I think, um, as well as it would have done if it was a heterosexual relationship. It was just, you know, showing, uh, uh, well, yeah, it's basically a non-issue to them, which is really the way it should be. Who would you say is your favorite comic book hero? See, that's a tough one. It really just depends on kind of, I really have more favorite comic book stories with hero, certain heroes. It's supposed to be my favorite comic book hero. Um, for example, one of my favorites is uh, All-Star Superman, just because that's a really great, uh, it really brings out his humanity. It really, you're really, it's really relatable. Yeah. If you haven't read it, go ahead. Um, on the hand, you can look at, say, Batman, right? Uh, Dark Knight, you know, is a per- another one like Dark Knight Returns? Uh, it's another one. So, yeah, I don't really have a favorite uh, superhero; just favorite stories. Uh, if you were a comic book hero or villain, what female character would you want to date? Uh, my wife, of course, <laughs> <laughs> and no one else ever. Ever. <laughs> I've never really thought about it. No. 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 I, I've never really thought about it. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, somebody with a sense of humor. You know, not Harlequin, though. Right, she, that's a little bit too far. <laughs> How big was, was North Star's wedding? I mean, he got married five, something like five years ago? I don't think it was quite that long ago. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, just before the relaunch or like Marvel's little mini relaunch, I think. Okay. Uh, what do you mean by how big it was? Well, I did see that it got news. Coverage because I I was not a Marvel fan back when he got married, um, so I did notice that it got news coverage. But was it like a a, a, col- a collector's issue? You know, like uh, one of uh, uh, when Superman died. You know, they had all these yeah. in mm-hmm. plastic and variant covers, mm-hmm. and it was a big big deal. They made a huge deal out of it, yeah. and everybody bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, personally, no, I don't think it was a collector's issue. I think yeah, people went in buying it because they think it would be worth something afterwards. Uh, I don't generally push that angle with people. Uh, I, I tend to push the, uh, you know, read it, enjoy it angle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there were, there were variant covers. Um, nothing in plastic, I don't, I don't believe, as I recall. Um, but the, uh, you know, regardless of what the cover was, the inside of it, in my personal opinion, uh, it was kind of a throwaway issue. You know, the, uh, the artwork I wasn't really happy with. Even the writing was just kind of, you know. It's like they called it in. Pretty much, yeah, you know, and I mean, they 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 knew they were gonna, they knew they were going to make a ton of sales, right? You know, so so in that case, it seemed like it was like, more about publicity than anything else. It might have not started that way, you know, but it definitely ended. Like, I mean, they got a ton of press, and at the end of the day, I think they just kind of, you know, called it in. 
you know? And was did, did the press have anything to say in regards to the actual quality of the comic? Were they just reporting on the fact that it's a gay character getting married? Well, afterwards, uh, I don't, like, I, don't, I again, I don't really pay attention a lot to that because for me, I just kind of read the comics. I don't, sure, yeah. it doesn't really matter to me what someone else's opinion is uh, in, in that regard. Uh, but yeah, the press, it was, the press was all over. I mean, I had people coming in who've never bought a comic in their life going, Hey, do you have this cover mm-hmm. of, uh, was it Astonishing X-Men, I guess? You yeah. Know, uh, whatever number it was. And it was, uh, well, no, <laughs> you know, and why are you here? <laughs> I'm never going to see you again. I, I didn't say that obviously, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at everything that happened with the, the Superman. I mean, what's, what's a bag death of Superman worth? Eight or ten bucks, something like that, right? If that, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, does the I, value of uh, of it actually go down when Superman comes back to life? Like, does it just like the, the actual potency of that issue? Of oh, I think, yeah, yeah I, I think it went down like a couple of weeks after he died, right? Because <laughs> people were just paying idiotic amounts for it. I mean, I think people were paying like, uh, I think it was like seventy five bucks or something the following week after he died, right? Now, aside from from. All the sexuality in comic books. Do you find that they do that kind of thing to to hype up an event just so everybody's buying it? Like with the 3D covers and stuff like that, variant covers. Do you think that it's done more to to sell issues than it is to actually push a storyline? Um, well, the 3D covers. You're talking about the ones that came out recently, the villains covers. Yeah. Uh, the villains covers. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a publicity stunt, but then, you know, it was a really good one. You know, uh, a lot, they basically told a lot of origin stories for these villains, which, uh, probably never would have happened otherwise, at least not in that format. So that, I think, personally, I think that was a good thing. Plus, you could have gotten the covers in non-3D format. You know, and, uh, the best part is a lot of people didn't order, order the 3D covers because they remember with the 3D covers from like the 80s. Yeah, I was just going right? to bring that up because of the 80s, they were poorly, poorly done, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and they were expensive, right? And honestly, the only reason I ordered 3D covers was because I was, it was three in the morning and I thought they were the same price as the regular covers. <laughs> right. you know, so I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Is that, that's for the re, uh, the recent ones, eh? Yeah, the recent ones. Well, yeah. The recent ones were great. And, and uh, I can't say I like every storyline, but I like most of them. Yeah. It was, um, really, really well done. Now, on top of talking about, uh, homosexual, uh, characters and stuff like that they've also tried pushing the the envelope by bringing out uh a muslim character Mm -hmm. right the green Green lantern Lantern and and ms marvel yeah yeah and ms marvel um now i haven't read ms marvel but simon baz as the 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 new muslim green lantern i thought was excellent the way they brought it out yeah and and the way they they portrayed him and the way they they gave him breathe life into the character and then after three issues they dropped it mm-hmm. and he he has fallen into the obscurity of of justice league america yep do you see that a lot oh yeah you see you see characters get dropped or titles get dropped all the time because at the end of the day it's still a business and no matter how much you love a character or a title or even a storyline if if it's not paying the bills you can't bring them in i mean there are tons of toys which i would love to bring in but I can't because they just sit there. Yeah. You know, and, you know, at the end of the day, I have to pay my bills. You know? uh, I'll probably still bring in the graphic novel, yeah. you know, if I can. But, uh, you know, like a, a good one and, and is Punisher. 
right? You know, I like I like the way Punisher gets written. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people when they see him, they see a basic guy with guns, mm-hmm. but really, it's it's a it's a it's a, a psychological drama. You know, or like this guy, he's got these demons, and for most of the time, anyways, like sometimes it's just a guy with guns, <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of times it's really about him and just how he he deals with the you know the tragedy that happened to him. A little bit like Batman. Yeah, he's basically Batman with guns, yeah. basically, and no cow. And no cow, yes. It's, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Punisher has always struck me, uh, like you said, as, as just, it's been, it's one of those overtly violent comic books that 15, 16 year old kids buy just to see the violence. So, yeah, I'd never really gotten into Punisher, and it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, you're shedding some light on, on the, the mental state. I also noticed that they did that with, um, with Wolverine when they made him killable. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Wolverine has caught a virus that makes him killable. And so it's that whole series. Uh, and even as it's carried over into Wolverine and the X-Men has been really, really interesting. And do you think it's, it's better to do those kinds of things with, with characters that have had a, an established, uh, mythos around them or do you you know do you think it it makes the character weaker in the long run it really just depends on what they're doing with them i mean the the, i find personally that with the killable uh uh, or the aftermath of the killable it's really made the character weaker uh just because his personality is just so different i don't buy it you know like he's almost like a coward now yeah and i just don't buy that yeah you know like i like i like the guy's been through two world wars and God knows what else. Well, and probably Korea and, you know, everything else. In the movie, they, they showed him in the Civil War. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I just don't buy that he's all of a sudden just, you know, afraid of dying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, but, um, sometimes it, it works great. Like, uh, with, um, when they killed, and I, I go back to the Punisher, when they killed, when they killed the Punisher and he did the whole Frankencastle deal. And at first I thought, well, this is just idiotic. But then I read it, and it was just brilliantly written. Yeah. Right. And and then they got to the end, and you know, spoiler alert, the whole point of that storyline was to make him younger, because at the end of the day, he's human, and so you know, he was basically in his fifties, hmm. and and uh, you know, they they can't re they can't regenerate the Punisher or relaunch the Punisher the way they do they do with other superheroes because because he is you know part of his history is the fact that he was in Vietnam. And they just can't take that out of him. Yeah. You know, that's part of his character. So they just found another way of essentially re- rejuvenating him and making him, you know, basically bring him back to when he was in his 30s. Right? And one of the things about the mythology of comic books is that it does change um, depending on what they need <coughs> to reflect. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but originally Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark, he was injured in Vietnam. And uh, when they rebooted him for the Marvel Universe, of well, the movie universe, uh, it wasn't Vietnam because Vietnam wasn't relevant anymore. Yeah. Now it was Afghanistan. That's right. So it's not that – I don't think they could have taken Vietnam out of him, but they needed to replace it with some extremely traumatic, extremely difficult war. Yeah. And America, for the most part, hasn't really had that same Vietnam since now that I can think of. Obviously, all the wars have had their share of, of devastations, but – Vietnam was one of those wars where collectively America will admit we didn't win. Well, it's not even that. It's it's also the Vietnam was like just the, uh, it's basically a dirty war. 
You know, they didn't come home to parades, right? They came home to people throwing rotten tomatoes at them, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of his character too, right? Like he, you know, he got, he gets past all of that and then he loses his family, right? And so like if he came back to fanfare and this and that, he wouldn't have been so bitter, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah, like they just haven't had that, thankfully, dirty war. It would be nice if they didn't have any wars, but right. what can you do? But then if we had no problems, then we wouldn't need the comic book characters to address those problems. And we would be lost without the guidance of our comic book characters. True See, enough. What if they – now, DC is taking a lot of liberties with characters. Um, for example, the, the Batman in Earth 2 is not the Batman we're, we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they – they risk a lot when they change characters like Batman and like Wolverine and all that. Like, well, in the Earth Two uh, case, not really, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's an alternate universe. Uh, with Wolverine, I think they are risking it quite a bit, just because he, like, he's he's like their money maker. Yeah. Right. And if you know, if people really lose interest in him, then you know that that's a big chunk of their change that that's gone. Um, but yeah, like an alternate universe, like uh, ult- in ult- in Ultimate uh, the Ultimate Marvel universe. Um, yeah, do whatever you want with Wolverine. You know, because at the end of the day, you still have your mainstay. Yeah. You know, in you know, fifteen titles. How do you how do you think they'd react if they turned Superman gay, or like all the the rumors about Batman and, and Robin? Well, those rumors have been around for ages, right? So I mean, for as long uh, as I can remember. Yeah. No, I mean they've been around, you know, as long as the rumors of you know Bert and Ernie, right? <laughs> like it's just they. And no, I, I don't think. Yeah, I think I don't think people would react well to that, just because of the fact that uh, they're such icons. Uh, Bert know? looks heteroflexible to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I meant Superman Ernie's Batman. Definitely, oh. <laughs> Ernie's definitely the submissive one of the two. <laughs> so wrong. We're just all so wrong. <laughs> but do you think you think they'd catch a lot of flack for that? Like if it was done in like the main universe? Yeah, I I, I do because it's just uh, again those characters are so iconic, you know, and they've been around for so long. Yeah, it's just you can't really do that with a really major character. And yeah, and I hate to say it, but you know, Alan Scott's really not a major character anymore. You know, if he hasn't been a major character yeah. since God knows when, right? I mean, like, you know, um, I mean, ever basically since Hal Jordan came in the picture. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Right. Uh, they, you know, like if, if, if they ever became, uh, you know, essentially secondary characters, then yeah, they could do that. Right. But that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Not with those two. No. There was a time that they had said it was Wonder Woman. When they relaunched her, they had had an issue about they thought she was a lesbian or something like that. I shouldn't remember because there was a girl in her room in the first issue. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of – do you think all these issues will just fade away like that where people are just like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, someone brings it up at one point and then it's quickly forgotten because society uh, – do you think society has evolved to the point where we really, the majority of us, don't care who you're sleeping with? Yeah, I think so. I mean, unfortunately, the the the, the small portion of society which still does care tends to be fairly vocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think the majority of uh, the society just says, you know, whatever, right? You know, it's none of my business. You're not hurting anyone. You know, yeah, you know, live and let live. So when are we going to see the first pot smoking superhero character? Um. Because society is becoming more liberal about that, right? Yep, yeah, yep. thank God. Um, <laughs> is that 
<laughs> how'd that how'd that happen? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the question is, who would it be? Too probably someone younger, right? You know, Wally, hipper, right? I could see Wally West doing it. Yeah, but then he'd run really slow. But it's still fast for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd run fast for munchies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you see him going through a bag of bugles that fast. No, 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 no. One of the one of the the issues I think that dealt with homosexuality homosexuality really well uh, is this past uh, Forever Evil Rogues Rebellion, mm-hmm. where they talked about where this, the story was basically about Pied Piper, and. I thought it was great because he talks about how at first he felt like he was an outsider because of him being gay. And so he started hanging out with crooks because they were the only people who accepted him. But he felt kind of like an outsider because he really didn't want to be a bad guy either. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really great because it it it, it loans the, the idea that you're not alone in feeling like that. You know, if, if a, a gay kid picked up that issue... I think they could really relate to feeling because I felt like an outsider uh, due to my financial situation and the fact mm-hmm. that I, you know, I couldn't dress really cool or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And, and I think it it did a really good job of of encapsulating the struggle, the emotional struggle people go through. Yeah, and it's it's a, that's a classic story in that in that um, you're in that situation because of uh, your circumstances. Um, but hopefully your character overcomes that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, which is, you know, what's happening there, hopefully. Right. Yeah. And, and do, have you and read the, the issue yet? I haven't read the issue. No. It's yeah. uh, seriously, uh, one of my favorite issues of the month. Oh yeah. It's just really, really, really what good storytelling, like mm-hmm. you said. And, and in the end, you know, it shows that, that the rogues really don't care mm-hmm. who he sleeps with. Maybe they're a little pissed that it's a cop, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to be a bad guy when one of your teammates is dating a cop. It's just saying. Well, yeah, and that's a, that's an aspect that has really changed a lot in comics too, where they're taking a lot of villains because they've become such popular characters and basically making them into, um, you know, uh, making them into heroes, right? But yeah. how many of them actually are? I mean, Sinestro, all he's ever wanted to do is take care of his people, mm-hmm. and albeit very. Uh, uh, overbearingly but you know same with black adam all he's ever wanted is take care of his people yep so when they do that they're called villains but when superman slams his fist down and says no we're gonna change things and kill the joker i I think how come he's not called evil well i mean some people called him evil obviously others didn't because they were probably afraid of him but (laughs) uh um yeah i mean it it does boil down the methodology right i mean you know you want to you want to protect your people, fine. But at which point do you cross the line? And that's the thing. That's the classic Batman. You know, uh, that's the classic Batman uh, conundrum, right? Yeah. At which point does you know, like he beats these guys up, he breaks their legs, you know. But at what point is it considered crossing the line where you're considered a villain? Yeah. Right. And now Batman feels that that line is when he breaks when 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 he, when he kills someone, takes a life. Uh, but other people obviously are going to view that saying, no, no, like you're, you know, you're you're not giving these people due process. Right, you're so just, Batman's basically a bully. Well, depending on who you ask, right? And uh, that's a, a classic. Uh, you know, again, that's uh, and th- that that's the way society is too. You know, basically, people are going to have different views of whether or not who. Like a lot of people think, you know, um, for example, Bush is a hero, okay, mm-hmm. for what he did. 
a lot of other people think that he's, you know, a evil genius. <laughs> you know. And if you're talking about George Bush Jr. Either one, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, as with uh, with Junior, people also think that he's a you know puppet, just total. Some, some people, yeah, some people think he feel he's a puppet. Yeah, he's so, a I mean, genius. Yeah, he's a genius puppet. I'll tell I'll tell you why he's a genius. When that guy threw that shoe at him, does anybody else remember what that that uh, uh, press meeting was was supposed to be about? And he said, he said, now that this guy is throwing the shoe at me, all you're going to ask me about is him throwing the shoe. Yeah. It was, it was, to me, it was very much a pen and teller, uh, moment. You know, we're going to show you how we're doing the trick and you're still going to just watch the trick and not notice anything else. Mm-hmm. That's genius. That's like Lex Luthor style genius. That's entirely possible. Yes. How come not Lex Luthor's never gotten married? I don't think his ego would allow it. Right. It's just no one's good enough for him. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, totally see that. Yeah. Dating for him would be somewhat difficult because how does he know that they they love him for him and not for his immeasurable yeah. amounts of wealth and mm-hmm. influence? Influence definitely. It's uh, they did yeah they did a good job of of showing how Lex Luthor became a criminal in in Smallville the show Smallville. Mm-hmm. I thought they had done that really well. well. Um, you know, if you want a good example of that uh, Lex Luthor Man of Steel, right? Again, a great story about. Just, uh, you know, character building. Yeah. Right. Uh, Superman's in it, but he's, he's a peripheral character. Oh, really? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's cool. You know, and, uh, it just, and when you read that, you, it's a little bit like the killing joke, right? You know, when you read that, you kind of think, okay, you know, I, I get it now. Right. Yeah. I totally get why he's the way he is, you know, and yeah, it, it could happen to any of us. Well, and that's it. And I mean, Lex Luthor, if you take him for his word, he just wants to make sure that we have backup in case Superman decides to go all evil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least that's what he says to the press. Well, and there's probably some truth to that, but the other, the other side of the coin is the fact that he just doesn't like the fact that he's not the biggest kid on the block. Right. And which is fair. You know what? That's fine. Um, so, and, and you know, that can just drive you nuts. Um, a, you know, a great, uh, example of that is with, uh, Loki. Uh, basically Loki, uh, you know, he's the god of mischief. And he was basically explaining, you know, when Thor became the hero, I had to play the part of the villain. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't like, he's not, he's not the god of evil, but he became the god of evil because that's what was needed for the story. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it works, right? Like gods, you know, they get their power from stories, you know, and from beliefs and things like that. Yeah. And he just ended up becoming the god of evil. I think I, I like the Loki title. I've, I've, only read a couple issues because it's only a couple issues in. Yep. But I think I think they do a great job with Loki and with Thor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, do you think, like the the female superheroes and villains, that the male superheroes will start dressing with less clothes? It, it seems doubtful. And and shouldn't there be some kind of written rule that the gay characters have fabulous outfits? Because they're, I mean, okay, Wonder Woman, or sorry, Batwoman being a lesbian, uh, usually it's just plaid shirts and a, and a mullet. But, I mean, someone like North Star or, or, or Scott Allen, they should have nicer outfits. Oh, I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe some sequins. Well, I don't know. I suppose, you know, I suppose if, uh, that's, uh, your view of gay people. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, 
that's really sequence is really more of a seventies thing <laughs> as opposed to, you know, a, a gay thing. Right. But you know, because you know, you, you know people you were fairly flamboyant back then. Right. You know, I don't remember a lot from the seventies because yeah. I was really young. Just, just watch a couple of movies. <laughs> I used to have these psychedelic pants. Right. Oh, I, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. They were like rainbow colored. Nice. Right? You know, <laughs> just, and I, I'd have, you know, people come up to me and say, yeah, cool pants, man. <laughs> now with with uh, all these ebooks gaining popularity, you know, you can get comic books online and read them. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find that that the comic books sold in, in in the original format is becoming less popular? To well, no, not really. I mean, it, it's one of those things where we're just gonna have to wait a generation and see what happens. Yeah, uh, like the generation who started collecting them, I think they still collect them. They still they'll, they'll actually read the e, the e version also. But the, the, generally speaking, they'll prefer the comic format. Yeah, there's and and there's just a lot of more advantages. I mean, like the you know, it's just so much easier. It's so much more portable. Uh, you're, you're not going to lose your reader. Like if if you lose your reader, that's going to suck. Yeah. But if you lose a comic, not so much. Well, that's it. And plus, when you take a comic. You're the owner of that particular issue. It, there is a source of pride mm-hmm. because you add it to your collection and you yeah. and you can admire that. And if you get tired of it and uh, don't want it anymore. You can resell it. Resell, resell donate it, it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Right. You can't resell digital copy because, well, the other person can probably just buy it for themselves, anyways. Well, my understanding too is you don't actually own it, anyways. You don't. Right? You're basically paying for the rights to use it to to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's the other thing. If if say something happens, um, you know, like obviously nothing's gonna happen to Marvel or anything like that. But if one of their companies goes down or or the server goes down, you, you might lose access to that comic at that point. And not get it back. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I know for, for people like you and I, uh, I can't remember how old I was when I got my first comic. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, there's a nostalgia, you know, to, to holding the comic and to sp- like smelling the print. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a much more pleasant read, I find. I just can't read. From a monitor, like I, like obviously I can, but I just don't enjoy it. No, it's it's. You know? I've I've checked out a couple of the the e comics, and the way that it bounces around you know, when you push the button because yeah. you jump from uh, screen to or from blo- uh, uh, block to block, mm-hmm. and I just I find it very disjointed. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not the way the 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 writer and the artist intended you to read it. Yeah, it's the same thing with television too, mm-hmm. um, especially in the half hour block format. They're, they're written so mm-hmm. that the commercial breaks actually add to the, to the, to the, to the yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So you feel the, the act breaking to the next, to the next, uh, part of it. You lose a lot of that, that, that impact when you don't get to turn the page and see like a full splash panel of Superman punching a bad guy in the face. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way that I think you could pull that off properly with something like Swamp Thing. Yeah. And the way that the Swamp Thing has always been drawn mm-hmm. is just, it's supposed to be, you know, hold it back and just marvel at the, at the beauty. Yeah. And I, even now, you know, with certain comics, if I find they're just like, I'll, I'll show uh, my girlfriend, I'll be like, look, check this out and just look at the beauty of the whole page mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, Squinting to, to read something in a little block, it's just free. yeah. You're not, you're not going to do that with an e-reader, even if you get like even if they make e-readers, you know, even if they make e-readers uh, a broadsheet like a comic, yeah, right. It's just not going to um, you're, you're not going to examine it the same way, 
right? You're just not going to, right? And it, it's, it's just not going to feel right. We're just about to wrap up now. Uh, Gene, give me your top five t- uh, titles that you're reading right now. Top five titles that I'm reading right now. See, that's a tough one. Uh, let me think here. Probably Earth 2. I read so many titles. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of them. Um, well, if anything, try to think of yeah. some issues that could use a little more exposure. Something that you'd like to see other people reading. Okay. Not well, necessarily something that everyone's already on board with. That's, a, that's actually a really good suggestion. Uh, well, this one just finished, but Trillium. Okay. Uh, it just finished. And it's, it's really like, it's a, it's an interesting read. It's, it's a little unusual, but it's, um, it's worth it. To, 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 uh, work through it. It's, it's not, it's not, um, how should I put this? It's not your standard read, but it's really worth it to, to kind of give it a chance. Mm. Uh, Saga, which probably doesn't need my help, but still, that's a great read. Uh, I know it sells a lot. I, I you yeah. know. Yeah. No, it, it, it does really well, but I mean, um, at the end of the day, it's still independent. Yeah. Right. So I, I like, I like to push the independence more than the, uh, yeah. than, than the big ones. Um, Although it's hard to say if Image is really an independent anymore. But, you know. uh, let's Maybe see. they're only responsible for the biggest television drama in true, syndicated true. history. So that's I think true. They're, I think they're doing all right. That is true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Walking Dead is just, you know, right. Uh, let's see. What else is there? Coral. Coral. <laughs> I love the show. I just want to say that. Uh, yeah. No, I, I watched the first season. I haven't had a chance to watch the rest of it. But – uh just because I, I, you know, I get so much stuff. I got so much other stuff I got to yeah, yeah. do, right? But uh, you know, I, I, you know, I really, really thought they did a great job translating it to TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Gene. Oh, um, uh, Firefly. 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 Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll mail you, email you another one. That's <laughs> that's four. Okay. Firefly. Like, if you haven't seen any of it, the television show, movie Serenity, no matter what, anything related to that property is pure gold. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Where's your shop? Where can we find you and your comics? Well, we're based in Greektown. Uh, we're looking at Pape, uh, on Pape Street, just south of the Danforth. And what I basically tell is we're, we're the uh, third crosswalk south of the Danforth. And that only took me 10 years to figure out when people asked me where we're located. <laughs> okay, I just Recently, I realized, hey, Ann, we're the third crosswalk. Why don't I just tell them that? It's the fourth bus stop. Yeah, that's just, I, like I usually tell people, I think it's three bus stops, right? <laughs> but it's just it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah, that's you know you know it's a eureka moment right and your operating hours uh well we're basically uh we're closed on mondays like most shops uh tuesdays we're open 11 30 to uh, 6 rest of the week it's 11 30 7 30 and saturday and sunday like saturday is 11 to 7 and sunday is 12 30 to 6 is there any web presence do you guys have a website a twitter account anything we can do to follow you oh god no Nope. <laughs> you know, we're just a small community store. Okay. Uh, we do have a website, but it's being revamped right now. Sure. Uh, I mean, you can go on. It looks, it's dreadful, right? It's called Atomic Age Comics. Sorry. Atomic Age Comics dot com. Uh, but we're having it rebuilt right now and hopefully it'll be a bit more, uh, you know, user friendly. Well, it's not even that it's not user friendly. It's just not very, you know, nice looking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just built for, it's really just for people who want to go there and find out our hours and find out what comics we have. Yeah. And, and also we, you know, we, we have magic drafts as well. So when, nice. when those are held, right? It's fairly utilitarian, utilitarian, sorry. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me.
Join us on our next episode when we have transgender model Blair Ryder. Once again, I will be co-hosting the Swordplay event at Oasis with Fatima, our guest from episode 2. In this event, uh, Swordplay is for bisexual men and the people that love them. It is on September 7th, which is a Saturday, starting about 9 o'clock. Hope to see you there.